Welcome to Power Talk Podcast, where the talk is interesting, informative, and powerful. Good morning, good morning, listeners. Welcome to the Power Talk Podcast with Pastor Paul Chicado and Reverend Matthew DeLeon. How you doing, my pastor? Doing good. Good, good, Doing good. good. Things are going real good. Yes, this weather. I'm telling you, it's been pretty cold out there lately, man. It's a little chilly in our area of the neighborhood. That's it for is. Sure. It really is. Now, the groundhog, did he see end up seeing the shadow a few weeks back? You know what? I don't know. I, I You know that, that groundhog's gained a little weight, but I don't know what he's seen. <laughs> I think he did. I think he did see I, a I shadow. Think, I think he see a shadow. So we're going to have extra, was it three weeks of summer, uh, a winter? Is that what that usually is? I think it means a shortened winter, doesn't it? Where Because he, he sees, because that means means their son uh, i don't remember now yeah i don't, <laughs> I don't remember keep up with that stuff yeah it's so uh, funny, funny. it's it it, funny though because i know it's like a big deal in in it, the state that they do it like yeah these. yeah i can't remember i think it's boston i can't remember where it is they have they get all decorated up there yeah. and then they yeah they pull out a big old groundhog, they pull the groundhog. it is kind of funny but uh <laughs> yeah it's just tradition yeah, yeah tradition just a funny tradition yeah it really is um anything my pastor that has stood out to you politically you know, on anything, on any level regarding our country. Yeah, the the only thing that's really that I've really kept up with a little, I say kept up with the one thing that I continue to kind of see uh, is the president himself. You know, as far as the overall politics lately, I've just kind of backed away from it a little bit. Okay. Is there is uh, a reason why for that? Just simply because it, th- there's nothing new. Yeah. It's 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 just bad policy. Um, one I've noticed they're not saying anything any different. They're arguing amongst themselves. Yeah. They're, they're continuing to do their the, the, to make plans that you and I really don't agree with. Right. Uh, but nothing on a large scale that to me is like any different than what we thought it would be. Yeah. We know that it's wrong. We know that they can't make healthy decisions. Yeah. But the one that has been that I've kept my eye on that it's been the most important to me because it really tells me that the future fate of where we're going right. or the next election right. is our current president. Right. And so when I listen to him, he's saying so many things, one that are unintelligible mm-hmm. ones that don't make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, his, mm-hmm. his ability to contextualize a conversation is at a very low. One thing I've realized with him is that he doesn't, he'll get into the uh, a place where he starts to answer the question and then all of a sudden he drifts on the conversation because it's like he forgot what he was going to say and that tells me his cognitive skills are very low and so they polish him up quite a bit with a lot of makeup in yeah. in front of the camera and stuff yeah. so that's my biggest concern is not so much what he's saying it's what he's unable to say because I'm like my thing is is how long can they keep this man in this position knowing that his cognitive skills are not up to snuff for what a president should be yeah. Yeah. and how long can they keep him as the face yeah. in front of the nation when his ability to make decisions are very low. Here's what usually happens. And this is what I've been noticing is that he gets very easily frustrated and irritated. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. usually a sign of a potentially dementia and Alzheimer's mm-hmm. because what's happening is their brain's not able to fire on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is they get very frustrated trying to figure out how to put the conversation together, yeah. what they're trying to say. Um, because the moment they start to say it, they also forget what the conversation or the question, the question was, the answer was, mm-hmm. or the question was, mm-hmm. and so they get frustrated, and so that frustration comes out usually in things which we see that would when he was uh, being questioned by Ducey, mm-hmm. who's a all in all decent reporter, mm-hmm. uh, but at the White House he got questioned about uh, by Ducey a specific question, mm-hmm. and it frustrated. Biden enough that instead of just simply answering the question, which really right. wasn't, I don't think, a, a tough a tough question. Mm-hmm. It was a question that he should have had an answer for. Uh, he flat out just basically said, you SOB. And, You're kidding. Yeah, and it's been all over the news. Uh, no, I haven't seen that. Yes, it's all wow. over the news. You can find it on a lot of media outlets because he just flat out said, you SOB. Wow. Rather than answer and respond, that tells me he's frustrated. Okay. So our president is using this kind of language. Yes, and right in front of the mic, it's a hot mic, and so again, I'm not trying to you know beat a dead horse here, but if Trump was in office and said that to a question, I mean, he'd be slammed. Man. Look, he was trying to be impeached for far for far work for far less. less. Yes, just 
tweets that he would post on a tweet. I mean, social media tweets, social away, media away from the mic, no, away granted, from the mic. Granted, I understand he is, you know, our ruler. of the, He represents our country. I, I do understand that. I really do. Uh-huh. But when you're literally, you know, being asked a question and just trying to have a civil conversation, yeah, you know, about some about the concern of this nation, yeah, about the concern for our nation. Yeah. You're going to drop that kind of language? You're going to drop it. Basically, he didn't want to answer it because he couldn't put it together. And so there's a lot of things that are chemically going on in his body that I would assume based off of, one, his ability to contextualize, like I said, conversation, to connect the dots between what was being said, what was being asked, and then how to be able to say it. Those dots are not being connected. That means that his... His brain right now isn't firing on all cylinders. Again, and I'm not here trying to knock him. I'm just right. saying that right now. What you're seeing. What I'm seeing. Right. So this is, to me, very, very detrimental because there's no other uh, president mm-hmm. in all of history that we would have allowed to stay in this position knowing that he's incapable. Right. One, he probably doesn't even want to do this. Mm-hmm. He probably doesn't even want to be in, in the president. But because of the, the nature of politics right now. Yeah. They had to have somebody to be the face, and he was the most logical fit. I mean, come on, he he only ran for like six months. He only went out on the on the uh, the trail to run, you know, as far as running for the tra- his campaign for like six months. All the others had been on the campaign trail for like a year and a half. Trump was a very he, yeah. No, I'm talking as far as Democrats. Oh, Democrats, yes, yes, you yes. know when he's on the campaign trail, he's only in it for like six months, and he ends up winning the, so the nomination would, for the Democrats. It was I mean, a last minute. Uh, it's a, he was a last minute. Hat. Yeah, he was a last minute throwing in his hat, like you said. And so there's something wrong, and we would have normally not allowed that for his sake to go off into the you know the the the, the sunset and enjoy his last few days of life because. Right now, he's not all there. I was getting ready to say, I mean, he's got how many years left now as term as president? Two years left now? Well, he's got three. Still three. Because he just got barely, he just was barely it, got in, in last January. Yeah. Mm-hmm. twenty. You know, he came in in 2022, this past year. Or, or 20, yeah, uh, 2021, I'm sorry. Yeah. Maybe I'm losing it. <laughs> <laughs> My cognitive skills, oh boy. Yeah, <laughs> so he, he actually walked in in January of 2021. Which so just, is, just last year. Yeah, it's just this past year. So Has it been only, it feels like it's been forever, oh, man. I know. It's, so you got to figure oh he's got all of 2022, man. all of 2023, and all of 2024. And in November of 2024 is when a new re-election but it'll be 2025 before the actual president steps in in January of 2025. Oh my god. So, he's got 3 years left and will he make it? You know, this is the question. You know, you hear uh, there's prophecies going on, there's people speaking, there's yeah. people uh, uh, you know, kind of forecasting. What I see right now, I don't know if he can make it the next 3 years just physically uh, because being the president, it's a very emotional thing. The only thing I can think of Yes. Is that he's got a lot of people protecting him right now uh, from a lot of the emotional things that could stir up this Alzheimer's, dementia, basically whatever's going on wrong, that they'll protect him enough that he may be able to make it to the end. But I'm going to tell you right now, the moment he leaves office, he, he's probably going to be, you know, in a yeah. wheelchair or some in a, in a room. Yeah. Or or even alive. If, if, even if he's alive. If he even stays alive, yeah. And again, I'm not trying to talk bad we're, we're not. because I don't. I don't agree with him as a president, but I'm just talking about right now his physical abilities right. from yeah. what we see. You're right. You're not wishing doom and no, gloom no. on this guy. No. He's a human being like we are. We understand that. But when you're given a responsibility, a burden to take care of this nation there you go. at a high quality, your health should be good. Your mindset should be good. Yes, it should. Because you represent not just people, but an entire nation. Yes. And other nations are watching, and they're they're looking. They're licking their chops. Yes. And this is why the deal that he went to make with the you the or the talks that he had with the Ukraine just a couple of days ago. Yes. They didn't go well. Mm-hmm. And I know why. You know, the I, I've been listening to some of the conservatives. You know, they were saying why, but I'm going to yes. tell you right now, at its very lowest common, if you if you reduce it down to its lowest common denominator, mm-hmm. the main reason why it didn't go well is simply because I would assume he didn't communicate very well, and that's the only reason. Because when you're unable to communicate, it's really hard to br- get across what you're trying to say. Right. So I would assume either one one of two things. 
they either allowed him to talk, which which meant that that's why the talks didn't go well, or they ha- he had to constantly use a voice to talk for him, which isn't good in a situation like this either. It's funny. When you say that, I can so see that. Uh-huh. Because he has to read off of index cards. He has yeah. to read off the, what's that called, that prompter. Yes, the prompter, yeah. He has to read off that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And because he can't hold a couple of sentences together. Yeah. How much more when you go meet a president or, you know, someone of a different nation, yeah. they want to know. They do. They want to talk about some things and he can't the truth. can't communicate or convey. He, he really can't hold that kind of conversation for very long, it seems like. And again, you know, I, I'm only just basing it off what I've been seeing. Reading, yeah. I keep seeing all these highlights of, you know, what used to with Trump, it was not highlights of a person who couldn't, com- right. who, who couldn't communicate, right. who couldn't reason, who couldn't sit and not think. We just didn't like what he was saying. Exactly. I, I don't like what Biden is saying, not 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 necessarily what he's voicing, but the fact that he can't say it. That concerns me. It should it should equally concern the liberal Democrat just as much as it should concern the liberal Democrat that didn't like what Donald Trump said. Exactly. Like I think we shared this before about three weeks ago, three podcasts ago. But again, Democrats are calling for his job by next year already. Yeah, there's some out there that are that are that really do have the best interests of the nation, and, and that's what I and see. Those are the ones that are calling. Yeah, those that's the based on the the articles I've read, Pastor. They're just concerned for our nation, the state of this nation, the protection of this nation. Yeah, and there's some there's some out there that really legitimately, you know, of course their policies and stuff we wouldn't agree with, but they still really do care about the nation. They just they just have a different sway on their belief yeah. and their care yeah. values. Yeah, and obviously a different approach on on how to do that as uh-huh. well. You know what I mean? We're yeah. again. Our disclaimer is we go based on biblical views, so we tend to go more conservative based on, you know, again, our, our biblical views. Yeah, for sure. And that's why our values are a little different. And, and that's fine. I, I don't really think it's wrong. It's not, a, it's not a bad thing for us to have different values. So that way we have something to talk about. So that way we can come up with a, an overall consensus how to fix something exactly. or how to, to make a move on something. Right. Uh, that's healthy to some degree. Mm-hmm. Uh but those are only with people that have the best interests of the country at heart. No, you're right, my pastor. Not an agenda. I mean, the state of our nation is called United States of America. Yeah. United being the key word. Mm-hmm. We may think differently. In fact, again, like we said just a moment ago, our approach may be different, but we're still united on the common cause. Yeah. What that, what exactly that is. And so that's my only concern right now is what I'm watching. You know, what does this mean for the next three years? I don't think it's going to get better because of that very reason. Yeah. And again, this is not a doom and gloom statement. You're no. just staying, looking at the facts of it's the situation. Not. And I think that the part of the reason, so when you look at it for what it is, and I'll end, I want to end it here, sure. but part of the reason is, is that they have to keep him in the face because at the end of the day, a lot of Democrats still do in the, in the country. Most Democrats are okay with Biden just because he represents their ideals. Right. And at the end of the day, they don't care if he can talk right. So I get that. That's Those are people that are just straight up liberal. That's fine. But if you ask them, do they want the next best thing? If Biden were to have to be taken out, they don't. They don't want Kamala Harris. So the point is, is that you have, what do you do in order to please that, that section of the a country or the section of the, uh, of the culture that wants that you have to keep Biden in. So this is why I'm interested. How is that going to play out? Because what if he can't make it all the way? Let's say he does. What does it mean in the overall consensus of the country? There's a lot of questions that we won't know. But it'll play itself out at the end of this next three years, and it's going to be very interesting. Is is by is it by keeping him in? Here's a question: by keeping him in and seeing the the the, the degradation of his cognitive skills and the fact that he can't communicate, are they going to show him less on TV now? And if so, is the is are even the liberals going to be happy with that? Do they are they not going to still want to hear from their fearless leader? But then secondly. At the end, is this going to hurt the Democratic Party so much that they can't get a Democrat in in the next election? You see, there's a lot of questions that that will be answered at the end of this three years. And you're right. And people are looking at the future. and they're, They are. They're looking at the future right now. That's really what it is. And, and they're seeing, wait a second, this is not looking good it's for us. It's not looking good this for us. This is not voting well for the Democrat Party. Right. And that's ultimately what this comes down to, is that right. it's the future. It's not so much what's going to happen with Biden. As much as what is Biden going to be able to do to help the future 
for the Democratic Party or the liberals, so to speak? Or, or, or is it going to hurt it? Right. And I think that's ultimately what they're racing around to try to to try to protect. I don't know if it's going to be enough. I do not know. God hasn't spoke to me on any of that. But it, it does leave those questions. Wow. You know, and again, as a church pastor, we'll, and we'll close with this and we'll go to our topic here. As a church, what should we do and what should our approach be? We talked about Biden and we talked about, again, the concern for our nation. You know, what should our outlook be right now? Our outlook should be one, pray for your president. Well, he needs salvation. Amen. He needs Jesus, you know. Um, you know, uh, he claims to know Jesus, but 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 everything he says is anything against the true values of the Word of God. Um, Again, when you can cuss the way you do. Yeah, when you can cuss, when you can say what you do, and you yeah. can call yourself a Catholic, it doesn't matter. You still have to uphold the standards of the Word. I don't care what belief you are. To, in order, in, So he needs to know Jesus. But then, secondly, is that God would protect our country in a time when our leaders don't know how to protect it itself. Right. When they physically. So we just need to keep praying that the church is able to win lost souls mm. in this time. Because okay. that's really where the church is. This is a great time for winning souls. Uh, because it's creating a lot of mass confusion in our country. We've seen the division as a result of that confusion. So we need to pray continually that God would use us to win souls really out of this situation. And if that's the case, we'll see the land become healed because Second Chronicles 7.14 will there come to that. pass. There it is. And that's a great mandate, Pastor, to, yeah. to put on the people, the listeners, and anybody else that the listeners are going to fellowship with as well, talk with, is this is it right here. Right. Let's go ahead and start winning some souls. Like you said, this is a great opportunity right now. Yes. People are running afraid. People are scared. People are depressed. People are doing whatever. They need Jesus. They're empty on the inside. Yeah. And so he doesn't have any wisdom because he can't, he can't force, you know, so we, I've heard people, we need to pray that God still use them to make good decisions. I'm like, well, God doesn't do that. God's not going to force a man beyond his will. Uh, what he does is he, he, he blesses those who serve, who want him. You want him, then he will use you. Exactly. You fear him, he will use he you. He will use you. And this is why I say, is that, you know, blessed is the man who walks not in the way of sinners or the, uh, the, or the counsel of the sinner, you know, but, but in the righteous. He, he's not walking in that way. So until he does that, there's right. no wisdom that can be brought forth. And again, that's why, hence the prayer for his salvation. Yes, exactly. Because once that, if that ever were to truly happen, then then it would be a difference in, in the kind of, uh, um, how can I say, type of things that he would receive in order for him to give mandates for the country that are wise and healthy. But, but until then... He's not seeking the Lord. He's seeking He's seeking the words of man. Exactly, and the will of man. And, and, we're, will of man, yeah. and we're seeing that. It's overall, it's hurting this country. Yes, it is. It's hurting this country. And so there's got to be some changes there. That's good, my so, pastor. Yeah. And now going to our topic, we, we have never really actually dedicated a whole podcast to this topic, but sin, pastor. Mm. Sin, we see it actually um, demoralizing our country. Yes. In this nation, this world. Yeah. What have you seen in regards to the area of sin? Well, before we do that, Pastor, let's go ahead and talk to the listener. What exactly is sin? Uh, sin, well, um, let's see here. If we go to Romans 6.17, well, let's start in verse 15. Okay. It says, what then shall we, sh what then? Question. Shall we sin because we're not under the law, under grace? So Paul's bringing up a, a very important question here. He's saying, so... Now that we're under grace, does that mean that it's impossible to sin? Is, in other words, you know, is 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 it even possible? Now that we're no longer under the law and the law only revealed sin, now that we're under grace, is it really almost impossible to do sin? Because there were people saying, wow, now that we're under grace and the salvation of Jesus covers all of our sin. Yeah, but that's not what it means. It covers your sin unto salvation. But once you're saved, you still have to walk in obedience. So watch what he says. He says, certainly not. Do you not know that to, to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness? So he's saying that it's even though you now are under grace, yes. you can still follow the path and live under the slave owner of sin. You can still go towards back to death if you want, right. but or you can still or you can choose the latter if you're under grace and choose obedience that leads to righteousness. Mm. So watch what he says. He says here, 
But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, you obeyed from the heart. So he's saying though, even before you were under grace, you could still follow God in your heart. Okay. He said, so, but you were still a slave to it. He said, but uh, you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. He says, so now that grace has come, you've been set free from it, though. You were still a slave to it, even though you lived for God from the heart. He says, now you don't just live of you don't just live for God from the heart. You also live it according to obedience. In other words, in your actions also. And this is why they thought, wow, now that we're under grace and I've lived it from the heart, that means if I make any mistakes, I'm not in sin still. And he's like, no, 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 you're going to make mistakes. He goes, but you still need to act in obedience too now. Now you have grace. Grace means you act in obedience. And because of that grace, it'll empower you to act right. Which creates righteousness, like you were talking, that standard. Yes, it'll right. create that standard. Because righteousness. righteousness is your action. People always talk about well, righteousness is of the heart. Well, it is somewhat. It is. Yeah. But the righteousness that comes from God is also an action. Yes, and that's what he's saying, obedience. Yes, which produces that righteousness. Yes. Is that obedience to God's word, not to your flesh. Right. So there's a righteousness that's what we call a right standing. Because I'm my heart. You're standing. I'm standing right in my heart. But then there's obedience that leads to righteousness. So that means my actions now also follow my heart. And Paul's saying that when you were under grace, before grace... You just live from the heart. Right. But now that grace has come, mm. you not only live from the heart, but you also live also obedient in action. Mm. That means you're going to make the right choices too and do the right thing. Mm. You just reminded me of a podcast we did a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. You said actions. It was actually a really good quote. And you talked about just how actions really reveal the heart of a person. Uh-huh. The yeah. actions do. Yeah, they do. And, uh, oh man, I wish I had it real accessible to me. But anyways, it's going to go based off that. Yeah. But I just love the fact, because again, it coincides what you just said. Yeah. You know, again, our actions. Yes, our actions. And, and this is why this word here, this word slave in 617 is really important. It says, but God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, that word slave in the Greek is duolos, duolos which means a servant or a master of. And so basically to say that, it means that you must surrender your complete desire and your hearts to that master. So that means you've said, I surrender anything that I think is worthwhile, I surrender it to it. So that means sin is a slave master. Wow. And we're, if we're not saved... We're we're uh, we're bond. You're we're, under his rule. You're bound to him, whether you know it or not. This is why when I hear people say, "Well, I still love God," it doesn't ooh, matter. There you go. We hear that a lot right now in this generation, by the right. way. Right, and these are people that do have a form of godliness. These are people that live under the law still. Mm. That's why they go to church and they try to do good things and blah blah blah. See, this is this is good stuff right now for. But a they're lot not of under grace. Yes, yes. Because until you're under grace, yeah. you're under that law. You're right. Under grace is, again, where your actions are showing that you're living righteously. Righteously. In obedience. That's right. In obedience. And the people that I hear all the time talk about, well, you know, I, I love God. And, I, right. and if you 90% of the time, if you ask them, well, what, what, if you love God, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Well, not well, I do good. Okay, that's great. But how come you still cuss? Right. How come you still get drunk? So the standard in their mind is, I do good. Just being good. Just being good. That's the standard. And that's what Paul's saying here. What a low standard. Yeah, it's a very low standard. It's a standard. very low standard. That means I don't have to live right in front of you. I just have to have a love for God. Exactly. Well, the, see, that means your heart's for God. That's the way it was under the law. They had a heart for God. Yeah. But none of their actions could have could have revealed that righteousness in their life. That's why they had to slaughter an animal. That's why they had to slaughter an to animal. To cover their sins. Yes, because they were going to make mistakes all the time. Because they didn't understand how to live that obedient lifestyle. Wow. Because they didn't have grace. And that's so good. That's so good. When you look about the Old Testament, my pastor, mm-hmm. the, the the blood covered their sin. It didn't forgive their sin. It didn't forgive their sin. Exactly. It was a covering. It was not a covering. A, not a forgiveness. Jesus' blood not only covers our sin, but forgives our sin when we repent there for those go. sins. That's repent. exactly right. Sin and repentance. We have to have repentance. That's why we have to repent. Because of the fact that our actions sometimes don't always line up with what's in our heart. Our heart says, I still am serving God. But the action was like we knew better. 
It was still things we touched, things we wow. did. It was that, wow. like Paul said here, that sin leading to death. Like First John chapter 5 says, there's this, there's this one thing you shouldn't have to even pray, but there's a sin that leads to death. So we see this twice because there are it's talking physical actions that still can lead to death. Look, you can't sleep with and fornicate with somebody. You can't commit adult with somebody and say, well, I adultery, still love God. Adultery. Right. Adultery. Uh, you can still love God. Right. I know people that commit adultery. They have a love for God. Yeah. They they have a certain a certain amount of respect, but they're not willing to live under the a place of grace where it requires obedience too. So they're able to uh, disobey. They're able to break a command of God, yeah. uh, and they as a result it separates them from the love of God. So we see this difference between sin and obedience to God's word. Uh huh. Yes. Totally. And now, sin. Another another version or definition of sin is, um, what was it? To talk about morality, morality as yes. far as the understanding of what that yeah, sin it's is. Probably deficient, deficient in some sort of morality. There it is. A departure of moral agent known to rule uh, a duty prescribed by God. Yes. And so you're like you just said, it's a departure of morality. Yes. Sin. Yes. A departure. In other words, it doesn't exist in you. Right. It's That's void. It. It's void. It's void. Mm-hmm. There you go. And this is why I say sin is, you know, a lot of people don't don't think it because we love to talk about the heart and the heart is the most important place because yeah. that's ultimately where God connected with us. That's where God resides. And so what we do is we we see all these religions that that, that that's all they look at is their heart, but they don't really, ex- but in reality, they're not even really doing their heart. It's more their mind. And the works. And the works, yes. Huge, So there's huge a difference works. between the mind and works and yes. the heart and obedience. Hold on for one. Me, okay. Hold on, let me write that down real quick. Yeah, it's good. Heart and works. There's heart and works. So in other words, they want to do all the right things. They want to they want to go out and help their community. They want to give out food to the homeless. They want to they want to go clothe those that are cold. Yes. They want to help the orphans. So those, they are, do, those are good things. Those by are the way. all the good things. Those are good you can things. Do. Those are good works. Uh, that's a that's that's a mentality mm-hmm. of trying to get yourself saved. Mm. And this is what they do. It's a, right. it's a works based salvation. That's why there's that's the mind. And works. Yes. And we know that our works, uh, that no man, that, that, that you can't get into heaven by, by any works. That's why no works alone can do it. Right. That's why it's not by works alone that any man should boast. Exactly. It's by faith and by works. It's by faith and by works. So the faith is, is where? That comes from the heart of God. Yes. And so that's where you please him. Mm. But that faith and works there that, that James is talking about is a works of obedience. Okay. So it's not a mentality thing. It's a it's an obeying thing. Yes, it's an obeying thing. So in other words, God put it in my heart to go minister to these lives. I'm doing that as an act of obedience yeah. rather than just trying to secure my salvation. Right. You see, there's two different reasons. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. The, mo- the motives are different. The motives are different. See, when, I, when I'm obedient, it's because I am saved and I want to please him. Oh, this is good. Yeah, go ahead. When I live a works faith base, a, a works-based faith... Mm-hmm. It's because I'm trying to secure my salvation. Which most religions do. Which most religions do. So they work to try to get themselves into a better position. That's what the Mormons do. That's yes. why when they come to your door, mm-hmm. they're trying to secure something. Yeah. When the Jehovah's Witnesses come to your yes, door, yes, they're trying to secure something yes. uh, as far as their salvation. Works. And it's a works-based uh, works faith, uh, faith uh, religion mm-hmm. um, that secures a certain level of salvation. Yes. You and I don't. I can sit on my couch for the rest of my life and never secure anything mm-hmm. as long as he's in my heart. Yes. But obedience should be the response. Yes. And this is why in Mark 16, Jesus says, okay, the, the reason why he rebuked them is because it says it was their stubborn refusal to believe. Because they doubted everything he said. Basically, what they were doubting was their salvation. Mm. And they didn't know it. It's crazy. They weren't like you, what you call, say, they weren't committing a sin. No, but doubt what he what they got rebuked for was equivalent to that. Was equivalent to that because because they knew him in their heart, there it is. 
but they weren't willing to be obedient as the result. He says, I already told you what to do. I told you to go lay hands on the sick. I told you to speak in other tongues. I told you to cast out devils. I told you, he goes, I told you to go minister the gospel to all creation. He's telling them, he goes, see, you actually doubted. You're now going to go into a faith-based works religion. Back to the old system of Back the law. Back to the old system, instead of just being obedient from the heart. Yeah, like we just read just a moment ago, the law in the Old Testament was easy for them. It was just works. It yes. was just works. Works. God's like, no, no, no. I don't want just works. Yep. I want faith and works. Like you're saying, yes. the 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 uh, the heart and works. Yes, exactly. The heart and works. Yes. That's what you want. That's what the Lord wants. I'm sorry. Is that obedience. He wants that obedience. And so that's why I say there's a different motive for most religions. Mm-hmm. And by the way, a lot of Protestant Christians that like yes. me and you that believe the same way, yeah. they still try to do things hoping that it will please God. And you can't do that. Yeah. You do things be out of as a result of obedience. You see, you love. I love it, Pastor John Mavir has said that in Good or God, it's called legalism. Yeah, it's legalism. Legalism is works based. Yeah, it's you. Works. You do what mm-hmm. I do because this is what God's telling us to do. And there's you can't go. In other words, that you can't go to movie theaters. You can't do all these different things. And it's based on works. It's always trying to deny yourself something. That's exactly what he said. Self-denial. It's always trying Self-denial. to go out and make yourself better to yes. try to please God. Yes. You're, you're, what you're, what you don't know that you're doing, but you're doing is you're trying to secure a certain place in God's heart that He will receive you. Yeah. Because you're hoping that he won't forget you. Yeah. And in reality, I never have to worry about that. The Paul tells us to be confident in our salvation. Yeah. Why am I confident? Yeah. Because I know God's not going to leave me simply because I've given my life to him to live a life of obedience. Mm-hmm. And as long as I'm obedient, I don't have to worry about it. So I live a life of obedience unto righteous, mm-hmm. righteousness yeah. while others live a life of works that still can lead to death. Now, Pastor, I remember you talked about your testimony many years ago, but you were kind of under that legalism mm-hmm. to a certain degree in yes. your Christianity. You are kind of raised in that. Yes. How did you get out of that, Pastor? You that, know... That mindset, so to speak. Well, I didn't it right at first. I, I just gave up on God because I'm just like, it's just always so hard to always do what's... to, to try to do right to make God happy. Rather than being taught how important the relationship was... I was always taught about, you know, this is, this is wrong. I always heard about what was wrong. You know, well, that's wrong. Smoking's wrong. Drinking's wrong. Cussing's wrong. Okay. I always heard about what was wrong, but I never understood what it took to do what was right or to be right in God's eyes. I probably did, but I heard more wrong than I heard right. Very condemning. Yeah, it was more condemning. And, and it may have been in there. I'm not going to yeah. say that. Yeah, yeah. But when that's all you hear far more than you hear what's right, it becomes very critical. Now I look at everybody and I'm like, oh man, they're, they're in sin. And it's like, they might be. But my point is, is that I could never see past the negative part either. I could never see the goodness of God. I couldn't ever see how loving and kind God was too if I had a relationship. And so I, I learned to live a very religious, legalistic thing because I wasn't really taught re- relationship. Because I don't think we understood the depth of relationship. Um, I'm not saying it was all bad what I was taught, by the way, either. And I'm not even saying that the things that we taught that were sin weren't sin. And I'm telling you right now, their motives weren't bad. No, and the motives weren't bad. It wasn't. That's why I say there wasn't, there wasn't anything completely bad about it, but it was, some of it was unhealthy. Yes. Because it caused me to look at God as always a God that wanted to push me down. Mm. I really did. I really believe that God, every time I did anything little wrong, Mm. I was so condemned. I always felt like, how could I be a a Christian? I would look at myself in the mirror and just Mm -hmm. think, oh man, God's going to send me to hell. God's going to send, he hates me. I always thought that because that's all we were ever taught was we were always taught more about what God hated Mm -hmm. than what God loved. Wow. And so it was really hard for me to look at myself in, 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 in the light of view that God could actually love me and feel good about, and feel good about yourself. And feel good about it. You can't, Pastor. Right. And how do you expect to grow in that kind of environment? Right. You, you don't. And so you always try to do the right things of thinking, okay, I did good, I did good, I did good. Because all I heard about is how bad, how bad, how bad they are and how God's not pleased and how God's not happy with that and God's going to put people in hell for that. And God, I heard a lot more of that. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it was all wrong. I'm just saying is it was so unhealthy because I heard more about that. 
I always measured it up against what I did wrong. And I mean, I was doing things that weren't even that bad and it was still wrong in my eyes. So wrong that I'm like, oh, one little flaw, one little mess up. How could God forgive me? So I was never taught Mm -hmm. about obedience unto righteousness and how God loves a repentant heart. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the relationship. And I never was taught that. So I didn't understand how that worked because I was never taught that. And so it became unhealthy. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it was necessarily all wrong. I'm just mm-hmm. saying un- there's a difference between what's wrong and unhealthy. Mm-hmm. It The wrong was wrong. Mm-hmm. We did see it right. Mm-hmm. But that's all we ever spotted. Mm-hmm. The moment somebody did something wrong, we were on it. We knew it. We right. could see it. We're right. Boom. And we love to talk about it. And so I heard most of the conversations revolve around that. Or if, you, if there was something misunderstood, like laying on of hands, healing the sick, it, it, there was a misunderstanding of certain people in certain uh, walks of Christianity where that's no, no, that's that was gone a long time ago. What we weren't that. taught that necessarily, but no, but, I'm saying I've, I've, heard, I've heard other people say, yeah, that. but Maybe everything was judged though, it yes. was very judgmental. That's though. my point, yes, to, uh-huh. your point, to your yeah, point, yeah, very judgmental, yes, and it really made it hard to not look at everything through the scope of being ju- judging because I and I would do it to myself. Mm-hmm. I did, I would look in the mirror and judge that man that was in the mirror, and I hated him, and I told him, I hate you. Because I'm like, how could God love you? And it was so condemning that it was really hard to understand anything else but that God was looking at me with a judgmental eye. And that's why I look at everything with a judgmental eye. And so not realizing that, you know, God is very relational. And the closer I get to him in relationship, the easier it is to stay away from sin and not doing sin. And when I do make the mistake, God knows my heart. I'm not intentionally seeking to hurt him. Yeah. But the word of God does say it in 1 John 5. Mm-hmm. All disobedience is sin. Yes, he does. But he said there is a difference between a sin that leads to death and a sin that does not lead to death. That's right. That. A, one that leads to death is different. In other words, the ones that lead to death are the ones that I knowingly do it and I don't care what God thinks. Exactly. The ones that I do know, even sin that I know that right. I do, right. even though it's right. disobedient, right. I still didn't have a heart to hurt him. I don't want to move away. I'm not doing breaking a command. Mm-hmm. You know, I know already that I need to watch what I say if I get upset at my wife. Mm-hmm. I know better than that. Mm-hmm. And I might do it anyway. Mm-hmm. But you know what? God says, son, mm-hmm. you know better. Well, that's where he, he there's an allowance called repentance. Oh, yeah. And if I have my heart right, I'll go repent. Mm-hmm. I'll mean it with all my heart. Mm-hmm. And we keep moving on. But it doesn't necessarily disconnect me with eternity it will hurt me though because it is it does give access to satan and sin eventually grip and if i keep allowing it to stack one on top of another eventually i could move away from god again though exactly and god knows that and i love part of the remedy for sin is forgiveness repentance which leads to forgiveness you know like i always say if my children do wrong in my home Uh, just make it right but i'm not ready to kick them out because of it now unless it's a big one yes i mean if if they're going to live a lifestyle of partying i'm i can't accept that it's time for you to go and they tell me well i don't really care you see that's something that they knowingly are doing Mm -hmm. they know it's against my values and against my rules i have to make a decision am i going to allow that or am i not going to you see that's a sin in my house basically so to speak That's one that will lead to your own death. You got to go though. And, and like you said a moment ago, that's the issue of the heart. At yeah, that it's point. an issue of the heart. It's point. a difference of values. Yes, exactly. And we know it. Right. But if they make a sin, make a mistake, and they said, "Dad, look, mm-hmm. you know, I got angry with a friend of mine, and I let go of a four-letter word," I'd be like, "Okay, we need to ask God to forgive you." Mm-hmm. And you need, to, and, and Dad, I'm sorry too. Mm-hmm. I know I shouldn't be talking like that. Okay. We're going to get that straight. Like I said, it doesn't make it right. Mm-hmm. And it it, it it caused a wedge between us. Right. But we can fix that right now if your heart's right. You know, I've seen this too, Pastor, where say that, that scenario happened. I've seen where parents actually carry that over their kid. Yeah. Uh, the next day. Uh-huh. And the next day. The next week. Yeah. Remember you did that. Remember you did that. How do you get out from underneath that as a kid? You, yeah, you can't. You can't. Because that, and that's the way we look at God is the basically the way our parents raise us. And that's why it's extremely important that parents have a hand in helping people see the wonderful relationship that you can have with Jesus. The same way we're supposed to have a great relationship with our parents. Remember, kids only equate God to what they're seeing in their home. 
And so when you get orphans, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. what happens is you see a rejecting God too yeah. that wants to leave you an orphan. And this is why the Lord tells us, Jesus told us, he goes, I will not leave you an orphan. Mm -hmm. Why did he say that? Because it was a very common thing for people, for men to no longer be present with their children and what happens is it leaves them an orphan and james talks about that too he goes true re true undefiled religion is visiting the widows and the orphans uh -huh. and why is that because they need to see what jesus would do they need to see the response to the way the father sees us mm -hmm. in the first martyr stephen that's exactly what he was doing he was waiting tables on those who were less fortunate yep that's and it. he was serving he was serving people that's actually a true deacon mm -hmm. as scripture is wow. in scripture wow. They're filled with the Holy Spirit, and that's what deacon means, is to wait on tables. Wow. And going back to the sin uh, topic, Pastor, moral. what's a moral conscience? Moral conscience. Moral conscience is something that, um, you know, mostly a moral conscience is something that's in, inputted in there mm -hmm. through growing up. Mm -hmm. and, and so we have an idea of what's right and what's wrong. You know, you talk to most people, you don't have to really be taught murder's wrong. You know, you know that it's wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you don't have to really be taught that, um, you know, adultery is wrong. Mm -hmm. You know it's wrong. But then there can become the, but then the flip side is that is that the depravity can happen. Mm -hmm. And when depravity happens, you can actually lose the moral consciousness yes, of things that are wrong. Yes, sir. Even even though you don't necessarily have to be taught murder is wrong, you know it's not wrong to hurt another life because that life is valuable. You actually have to be taught over and over and over that they don't mean anything. And so this is what we see with a lot of gangbangers. Yeah. A lot of people that are emotionally and mentally completely gone. Neglected. Where they can... Huh? Neglected too. Yeah. Uh, well, neglect, I guess, could bring that. I'm talking people that, 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 are, that are so far gone in their mind that they can commit a murder with no problem. And see that murder is not an issue. How is that? Well, they didn't used to believe that. They didn't think that. You have to be constantly conditioned that way. So what happens is you lose that moral consciousness that God's put in us. That's why he says, even in our hearts, we have the consciousness of God. Yes, sir. Yes, Every man does. Yes. You have to deny that over and over and over to eventually mm -hmm. become an atheist. Mm -hmm. That's why I say, atheists are made. Atheists are not born. You know, you, you're not born into atheism. You have you have to be taught and convinced of atheism. Mm. You have to be based off of your own values and your own eyesight and what you're taught and their surroundings to say, well, I don't see God here. I don't see God there. God's never spoke to me. God's never done anything for me, so there must not be a God. Mm. You see, you have to evaluate your own life and your surroundings to determine that. Right. Uh, it's the same way with that moral consciousness. It's automatically there. God puts within every man's heart the knowledge of God. Mm. We have to deny it. And so where that moral consciousness comes from mm -hmm. is from the fact that we know that there is a God. Wow. Now, to what level? That's where we have to be taught that. That's good. And if you're not That's taught good. that, you, you become something, you have to evaluate it for yourself and determine that. But nonetheless, yeah. we have a God consciousness. Wow. It's automatically in there. You have to become depraved in your mind to become to the place where you don't believe it exists. Wow. Wow. Do you see that in this in this society, in this culture right now, this generation? Yes. I listen to a lot of the schools of thought, and I listen to a lot of uh, people where there's a lot of debates that go on uh, between true conservatism and non-conservatives. Uh, there's a lot of this kind of uh, questioning and answering that goes on within yeah. our uh, schools of higher education a lot of our college campuses and yeah. you can find those a lot on social media and so I tend to listen to those and so there's a lot of schools of thought with young people right now mm -hmm. is that what is a moral absolute is there truly any moral absolute mm -hmm. if you think that that's right then that's right for you mm -hmm. even though somebody may not think it's right because right. they encompass the the problem is that we have a, an ideology that's floating around is that is if it's that there is no complete absolute of anything. So in other words, we know that adultery is wrong. Mm -hmm. Even at a young age, you would know it's not right for a man and a woman that don't aren't married to sleep together right. when you're married. So for instance, if a child sees his, finds out his dad's sleeping with another woman, mm -hmm. you didn't have to teach him. No. He knows already that's no. wrong. You should only be intimate with my mommy, basically. Mm -hmm. You know, you yes, know there's does. something not right. Yes, he does. 
So what happens is, is that these schools of higher thought, what they're doing is, is they're coming up with these ideologies and philosophies that basically say, who's to say that's wrong? So the question starts, who's to say that's wrong? Well, now we have to answer that. So what they're doing is, is they're questioning it. And now they're coming up with this idea. Well, maybe it's not wrong because it's a part of your your DNA. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's somehow birthed into your DNA, mm-hmm. kind of like homosexual homosexuality. Right. That not everybody is born with a with the, with a certain chromosome, but they're born with the Y chromosome, right. which means that they're automatically female before they're actually conceived and it's like okay this is silly so they're opening up these weird can of worms saying that maybe pedophilia pedophilia is actually something that's inherently you're born into uh and so we're finding that now there's their school's train of thought that we should be able to love children romantically to even have sexual relations with them and i know i've listened to it it's very sick so what's happening is that you're also seeing it in morality, just in other things like adultery. Yeah. We're seeing it in, in things like maybe murder. Well, maybe murder isn't really murder. Right. Maybe it's something that we're born with and we need to be lenient mm-hmm. against these individuals. So what's happening is they're creating depravity. And that's where the depravity comes from is by, by questioning everything. And assuming nothing. Wow. So there's no, there's no responsibility. There's no responsibility. No accountability. No more accountability. So at some point, eventually, if we allow this to keep going, murder is actually going to be very legal. Because it's going to be a response of what it is that you are inside. And that's a warped society. Oh, it's completely warped. So so where's the protection? <clears throat> yeah, th- th- well, there won't be no protection. There's this no is protection. why they're trying to get rid of police. Because you won't need a police officer because there's nothing to protect you from. Everybody basically gets to live the way they want to live. And that is the utopia that's ultimately a failure in God's kingdom. But it's a utopia of man's mind and man's thinking. And they're thinking that it's ultimately going to bring about a world peace. But it's not. It's going to bring destruction. And to me, that's the blueprint of Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. That's the blueprint of these mm-hmm. cities that were destroyed by God for for that very reason. Yes, they allowed depravity in. They allowed a seared conscience in. And that seared conscience is, wow. it's almost hard to restore. So, hence, the moral consciousness now disappeared. Yeah, the moral consciousness, which was actually inputted in there by, by God, God, is now been so covered and so deeply covered, one layer upon another layer. Yeah. That they don't even feel that moral consciousness. Because that moral consciousness still gives us conviction. Yes. And the more you cover it, the less conviction there is. And you're not just covering with anything. You're covering it with sin. You're covering it with sin. And that's how you cover moral consciousness. With one sin stacked upon another. And now, you not only are you just a slave to sin, but you're actually obedient to its whims. Exactly. And then, like we talked about before the definition, sin is the voluntary departure of morality. That's right. Voluntary. It's, it's a voluntary. You chose it. That's why I say there's a difference between a sin that leads to death. That's the voluntary one. You're voluntarily yeah. saying, I'm walking away from yeah. God. Yeah. And then there's those sins that do not lead to death. Those are just simply disobedience. And here's another definition, Pastor, for morality. Rules prescribed by God. Yeah. It's a prescription to a keep prescription. you to keep you safe. And by the way, they're built into our DNA, whether we know it or not. You yes. have to cover it with layers of sin yeah. in order to to get to the place where it no longer convicts you or bothers you. Wow, I mean that's that's a death of a person right there. Yeah, it's it is the death of a person, and this is where we're ultimately going to run to into the tribulation, wow. in the tribulation period. There'll be such a depravity that murder will actually make sense. I love what you actually, I don't love it. It's true, but I don't love it, even though, again, it's true, is that it's easier for these kind of people to receive the mark of the beast. It will, because again, there's a depravity. Uh, the, the mark of the beast, wow. It's easy, I'm, it's easy you know, all the sorcery that we're, they're going to see, mm-hmm. all of the uh, terrible events, people's heads being cut off just simply yeah. because they don't follow the same religion yeah. at that time because yeah. there will be a one-world religion, there'll be a one-world order, there'll be a one-world, and if you don't want that to be a part of that system, and these people are going to be like, yeah, that's the right thing to do. And we know that that's been a common theme all throughout history. Mm-hmm. They were had no problem with killing Jesus who did no wrong. A man who right. d- did nothing but just right. talk. Mm-hmm. 
That's it. And they were willing to kill him. And so we see all throughout history. We've seen throughout history the Roman Empire throw Christians into the Colosseums to get shredded by animals, yeah. wild animals. As entertainment. And, that, and that's entertainment and that doesn't bother you? Right. You see, we can get to that. And it'll be worse in the tribulation than any other period in all of history once we wow. get to that place. Pastor, I don't know what happened, but time has escaped us. Yes. We, we are deep into this. Oh, wow. We're at 50 minutes. Can you believe that? I didn't passion? know that. I really thought. I kept shaking I my head. I'm thinking, it. where did this time go? This is fun. This I wasn't even going to look at the time. I hadn't even thought <laughs> about like, looking at the time. I wasn't even look at the time anymore. Yeah, that, that just shows you where we're at. Exactly. And this is so good. It this is, is so good. This is so good, my pastor. Deeply important for people to hear. So ultimately, my pastor, what is the remedy for sin? The remedy is simply you, you need to surrender yourself to the Lord in a relationship, good. not in a religious, mm -hmm. legalistic way, That's but good. in a relationship. So that way, when you do do the wrong that you do mm -hmm. out of diso in disobedience, mm -hmm. that the Lord can tug on your heart and say lovingly, mm -hmm. son, mm -hmm. repent of that. Wow. And let's get this right yeah. and move on because mm -hmm. that's what my Lord does. He loves to move on. He oh. don't like to remember sin. Mm -hmm. That's why it says as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Mm -hmm. We're the ones that hold on to sin. Wow. He doesn't. He loves to forgive. He's a forgiving father. He's so quick to do it the moment we repent. The moment we repent and we do it with a really, truly repentant heart. And that's another topic, repentance. Yeah, we, we can talk on that one, man. Yep. It's so it's such a strong topic that's so needed in our society right now. Yes. But and so now we understand now what the remedy for sin is, Pastor. How do you want to close this podcast? Uh, you know what I want to say, listener, get down on your knees right now. And I'm I'm talking those of you that are probably serving the Lord, yeah. and you say, man, I, I've held a lot of things against myself, a lot of condemnation. I, I just didn't understand how loving and kind God can be, and that I don't have that I know that I do make mistakes. I know it. Yeah. I've made some that I knowingly have made, but I don't want to be. I don't want to be away from God either. Oh. Well, then just go repent. Get on your knees and say, Lord, I am sorry. Please forgive me. I repent and turn from it and, and just continue to live on. And if you make that mistake again, that's why Peter asks, Father, Lord, how often should we forgive our brother? Seven times in a day? And the Lord gave the greatest response. He said, no, I tell you 70 times seven. So the Lord wants to forgive as often as you're willing to forgive with a right heart. And I know, and eventually, if you'll do it right and you continue to work on it and fight for your fight to have that strength to stand strong, there you'll find that you actually move further away from the sins that you, you struggle with mm -hmm. than stay in the sin that you struggle with. Yes. Because you're finding that God's not ready to squash you and push you into hell. He's doing everything he possibly can to keep you from it. I love it, my pastor. John 14, 6 says this, Pastor. Trusting in Jesus is the only way to be saved. There you go. Just trust in him. He, he gave you salvation. You've accepted salvation. Now fight for your salvation. And fight for it because the salvation is a progressive word, by the way, in the in the Greek, in the Aramaic. It means sozo, which right. means it means it's progressively growing in your life. Like Second Peter chapter two twenty says, it says, "Grow the, desire the sincere milk of the word that you might grow up." in your salvation salvation was meant to be grown upon it's not just something you accept it's something that once you accept it you grow in it and you grow stronger in it yeah i'm sure right now listen you understand more than ever before it's sin that hinders that salvation that's it it's sin that hinders it you know what let's keep sin away there you go and like pastor Paul said progressively grow in our salvation there you go listener thank you so much for tuning in we know that you're blessed we love you so very much and we'll see you next week god bless god bless Thank you for joining us today. Power Talk Podcast is brought to you by Powerhouse Church. You can find us at fellowship.fm and Spotify. If you would like more information, prayer, or want to contact us, go to powerhousechurch.us.